Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. Spring is on its way, and with it, the very special Easter season. We hope this Easter series will refresh you as you stop for a little moment and listen in. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to episode 38, Restoring the Broken. Well, podcast listeners, how was your Easter? Drop us a line over at sweetsela.org slash podcast. We love hearing from you. Sharon and I are going to look at a wonderful example of restoration today in scripture, and then also talk about Jesus' ascension into heaven and the wonderful fact that he is coming again. When Jesus comes again, a great restoration will occur. But even now in our daily lives, he is in the business of restoring us when we break. Sharon, any examples of that from your own life? Hey, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun example of restoration, but it's not about a human. Oh. Yeah. It's about a cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my parents don't own any pets because my brother is allergic to animal fur, and mm. they like having him in their house. So, um, <laughs> But... They found this super skinny and bedraggled cat in their yard one day, and they had no plans of adopting her. In fact, they knew so little about her that they thought she was a him, and they called her Fred. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) They just couldn't stand to see a ripstick out, though. So they went out and bought some cat food. These little cuties, they got cat food for her, and got out some water and left it there for Fred. (laughs) So... So cute. (laughs) So for months, that cat would skittishly eat and drink as long as it was absolutely quiet, but like jumpy, you know, eat and then look around like really scared. And if my folks showed up, she was gone like a flash. Yeah. Just super scared. But flash forward to now, a year later, Fred, who is now Frida, because (laughs) they discovered... He was a she. That's funny. She has her own cat house in their garage. Aww. One of their neighbors built it for them. And it's like it's like this two-part cat house where, you know, to oh keep it goodness. warmer, you yeah. go in and you turn a corner and then there's this... Oh, how sweet. <laughs> Frida's living it up, let me tell you. Yeah, um, it's on the second floor of the garage because heat rises. So oh, wow. they have this like little loft over the garage. So that's where Frida lives. <laughs> and she trots down the garage stairs every morning when she hears my mother for her morning strokes and hugs. Because now Frida demands attention. She's fat. She's sleek. (laughs) She's beautiful. She purrs. And my mom is not allowed really to leave until Frida has had her due. Oh, how sweet. They definitely restored Fred to a beautiful... Healthy what a transformation. <laughs> she's Fred's a gorgeous Frida. cat. She's like Aww. a tortoise shell and um, just beautiful. They adore her. They talk That's about her story. all the time. It's yeah. so funny, but she can't go in the house because of my brother. But right. uh, you know what? I mean, Fred was starving. So I feel like <laughs> Frida's Frida living in the garage is doing just fine. <laughs> I think so. so. <laughs> but, you know, talking about restoration and moving away from the cat, yeah. this is what God does for us. Absolutely. We're bedraggled. Yeah, we we are. Our ribs are showing. We're skittish and jumpy and scared of our own shadows mm. when we're broken down by life or by our own sin. Right. We're just a mess. Yep. But God restores, mm. and we can come to him and purr and, and get hugs, right. really, you know? <laughs> so anyways, that's Aww. the story I thought of. How about you? Anything come to mind? Oh, I just two weeks ago found a new show on uh, Netflix. It's called um, The Repair Shop or something, but it's all about these um, different 
craftspeople who restore old broken furniture and like old precious family heirlooms and they'll take like this old um leather chest and there'll be like a leather maker and she comes in and puts new leather in they have like new i mean it's so fascinating they took an old watch that had survived the holocaust and was sewn into this woman's clothing and it was her only possession she owned through all of that horrible time and so her grandson had it they took it apart and cleaned it because she had it inside her clothing for four years so they gently cleaned it and repainted the numbers it's so fascinating to see something go from like throwaway to something even better than it was before you know, I just love that. But it takes someone with skill and caring enough to do that. Yes, and patience. And patience. And time. Because you have to work very carefully with broken things. Yes, And you, you have to find have the right material. It's just, it's such yeah. a cool show. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. And the yeah. analogies are just flying out of my brain. I know. <laughs> You've got to work patiently with broken things. Yeah. You have to take your time with them. Yeah. You have to, you know, you replace. Care to take the time. And yeah. Yeah. But you bring them back. Yeah. There's a verse in the Bible that says, he, a bruised reed, he will not break. Oh, I love that. So you know, you think a reed, who cares, right? right. <laughs> Even a bruised reed, mm. God restores. He doesn't throw us away. We no. are not garbage. No we are worth broken. the patience and the time Absolutely. that it takes. It's just so wonderful. Mm. Um, so, okay. Well, we're going to talk about Peter and his restoration today. Mm. First of all, though, that denial, that awful denial. Poor, poor Peter. Peter. I know. <laughs> still talking about it. <laughs> I know. You know. The poor guy. Three times, no less, mm. of Jesus, you know, right while Jesus is watching him, when Jesus could have used a faithful friend, yeah. right after Peter couldn't even stay awake to pray. <laughs> um, He's denying Jesus. Mm. So he must have felt totally awful. Shamed that he'd bragged like Mm. less than 24 hours before that he would never do (laughs) such a thing as desert his Lord. And then he went and did it. And Jesus saw him or heard him do it, according to one gospel account, because it says Jesus looked right at Peter after the third denial as a rooster crowed. Could you imagine that moment? I, I know. I know. And, and the look in Jesus' eyes, what, I mean, Jesus is not condemning, so it's no. probably a look of love, but it made, yeah. Jesus, it made Peter cry. Yeah. Peter wept bitter, mm. bitter tears. And P- Peter had been told that. Jesus had said. Yeah. And then Jesus had also said, remember, he said, and I've prayed for you, that oh. after that, you know, you'll be restored. So oh. Jesus prayed for Peter, knowing that he was going to go through this awful time. So That's amazing. Ugh, amazing. What a, what a wonderful God he is. He is. <laughs> So what do you think was going through Peter's mind? He's <laughs> denied Jesus three times, and Jesus clearly saw it yeah. and had predicted it. After the crucifixion, and even after the resurrection, you know, what was Peter thinking, do you think? Mm. I think. <laughs> I was Peter. I just think he must have felt like a huge failure, or even a fraud after claiming that he would die rather than leave Jesus' side. And then to deny he even knew Jesus to a young girl first and then to two others. I feel like those must have been some very dark days for him. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. It was to a young girl, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't it was even like a scary fire. soldier with a knife. Right. Going, if you claim you're him, you're coming in here next. Right. It was just a, a young girl. It was just a young girl. And yeah. still, he still did it. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Peter. I can't imagine. I think he probably would have kept himself a little bit like, mm. I don't really want to talk to the other disciples. Right. Although maybe they didn't know. I don't. I think John was nice enough not to tell. I it was just so. Peter and John. That's right. But Peter would have wrestled with his own guilt, and yeah. Satan, the accuser, would have been working overtime. Oh, for sure. You know. And well, now that him. Jesus was risen, what did that mean? And did I don't know. He must have been wrestling with his place in all of this now right. too. If I, if I failed him, then what can right. I do going forward? Exactly. I was I was going to be the one that led. Right. He said, "On this rock, I will build my church." You know. Yeah. And I failed him 
big time mm. in his hour of need. Yeah. So. And Peter was always the bold kind of out there. Yeah. Say it first, take charge kind of guy. Yeah. So yeah. It must have been different. awful. Yeah. Well, we all might have been pretty sure Peter was kind of out of the running for person in charge, right? <laughs> I don't yeah. know that we would have put him in charge. We might have let him stay on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but I doubt many of us would have wanted Peter running the show after mm. that failure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that's human nature to go, well, you kind of blew, blew that. It. I don't you think had you're your quite ready for leadership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not Jesus. Mm. Jesus had a different plan. So we're going to take a sweet Sila moment pause and read all about it, where we are going to hear what happens. So Nicole, mm. can you start us? And then we'll just rotate verses. It's such a wonderful Sorry. story. I love I it. Know. So we're reading from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Verse 1 says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> we'll come too, they all said. So they all went in the boat. But they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't so see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded <laughs> net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. Wow. wow. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. <laughs> then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you want to go. wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Oh, I love that story. There's so much in here. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> well, what stands out the most to you about Jesus' method of restoring Peter? Oh, he's so gentle, Sharon. He's so gentle with him. He went out and found him. 
He did. He did. He sought him out. And he took care of his physical needs first. He fed him. He <laughs> served him fish and bread over a nice breakfast over a charcoal fire. It uh, sounds know. great. Yeah. <laughs> and he started to get him thinking by asking him several times if he loved him. And it's funny. It's the same amount of times that Peter denied Jesus too. Yes. yes and three times. Three times. That must have been quite a moment for Peter. Uh, it says he was hurt by the third time. And I wonder if it hit him then, if everything kind of like, like, oh, the third time, the three denials. I don't know. I wonder if it did. I, you know, it's definitely significant that it was three for three. Yeah. yeah it really is. And uh, and it must have struck him because of the repetition. Repetition sticks in our brain right, as well. Right. And he was given an opportunity to declare his love oh. for his Savior. Jesus made sure that that was available to him. So I love that. Disciples. I yeah. really it do. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And I just want to laugh at the throw out your net. They're 100 <laughs> feet from shore. They're not even out in the deep. Right. There should not have fish. been that many fish there. No. Right? <laughs> There it is again, yeah. just like when they first met Jesus all those years ago, Aww. and uh, he said, throw out your net, and they're like, we fished all night, there won't be fish, and right. bam, there were tons of fish. Here wow. we are again, and there's all this fish, and I could just see Jesus laughing and smiling, and they're yeah. going, whoa, we know right. who's standing on the shore now. Right. They, none of them asked John him, they did. knew. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, only one person we know can right. do that with the fish thing, you know? That's so amazing. So, don't you think it's interesting? I would have thought Peter would have held back mm. in the boat. Yeah. But he didn't. He's the first one there. He was, he's still <laughs> impetuous. I've gotten first one I'm, out of the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess he really wanted to be close to Jesus, yeah. even though he must have felt terrible about what happened. I wonder if he really craved that restoration. Maybe he was hoping that Jesus would Maybe give him. Maybe he was. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. He's, he models for us what we should all do. No yeah. matter how ashamed we feel, the right direction is to run toward mm -hmm. God, Absolutely. not away from him. It is always wrong to run away from God. Mm -hmm. Always. Talk to Jonah. It did not go well for him. <laughs> no. That whale thing? No. no. It turned I don't out think the way so. you want right. <laughs> You always run towards God. And Absolutely. Peter really did. He, he did, ran towards he? Jesus. And yeah. Jesus, who had broken bread with them and, and poured out the wine, you know, at the Last Supper right. and, and served them by washing feet, is serving them again isn't I, he? I loved that and he served them breakfast yeah. come and eat he said he had everything ready for them i All just set so and ready yep. they're probably hungry again uh, he served yeah. he took care of their physical needs yes and then he and modeled serving yeah. yeah yeah it's just beautiful it really is and then um he talks about the fact that let me see if i can find the part um, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked, mm. you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress mm. you and take you where you don't want to go. So he's also basically preparing Peter, he's looking at this, this eager man who mm. says, I love you, I love you, I will feed your sheep, because basically with the feed my sheep, Jesus is saying, you're going to have authority again. Mm. I want you to be a shepherd again. Right. You're feeding sheep. Jesus sees that eager face, and he also has to say, but you know what? It's going to cost you. Mm. It is going to cost you big time. Wow. And, um, and John explains it. He says, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. So he kind of warns Peter first. Right. I'm telling you to feed my sheep, this but there's going to come a day. Basically, where you're going to face something similar to me. 
mm. where you're going to go where you don't want to go. And then he says, follow me again. So it's wow. almost like Peter has that second chance to go, I don't think so. Right. But he doesn't. Wow. Isn't that the coolest? That's amazing. Yeah. That would have been pretty tough, too, since Peter seems to be this bold and fairly young and strapping mm-hmm. you know, guy to hear that you will get, you'll be old and others will dress you. So that must have been very humbling for him to hear. Right. So to hear that and then to say, yes, I will follow you, I think that yeah. Yeah. was a huge moment for him. Huge. Absolutely. To dedicate his whole life to God. Mm-hmm. And know that it would end badly. Right. You know, that's so funny. It's not funny. That's the wrong word. It's so <laughs> fascinating to me. Yes. So many times, you know, we, we oversell Christianity to people. <laughs> when you accept Christ, you live perfect peace and everything will be lovely. <laughs> right. Oh, no, you could be tortured for your faith. Right. You know, belonging to Christ does not mean it will end well for you. Right. It just doesn't. Well, it will ultimately. Earth, right. <laughs> we just talked about victory last week. Right. But but on this planet, mm, we are not promised really that life. the reward will come in this life. Right. God doesn't say if you follow me, you will just, you know, have this really nice house and you'll die in bed in your sleep. Right. That's not a promise anywhere. In this world we're gonna have trouble. Right. So we should know that. And to to speak truthfully about this Christian life is to acknowledge that we're not in charge and mm. God can do with us what he knows is best for his kingdom and his glory. Absolutely. And in the end, when we meet him in heaven, we'll hear that well done, mm. but it might not be fun in the middle. Right. It really might not. And Peter, tradition says, was crucified upside down. He was oh, going right. to be crucified like Christ. And he, I just love this. He said, I'm not I'm not worthy to die the death he died. Wow. Can I be crucified upside down? And so they did, you know? And I wonder if he remembered, Nicole, the restoration day that we're reading yeah. about right now and, and remembered Jesus' words, someday it's mm. going to happen. And if that didn't give him some confidence, like, well, I knew this was coming. Right. So... It Certainly. might have. Right. It might have. Do you remember that so, moment? Yeah. I think it would yeah. have. So, hmm. Well, after this, Peter really is kind of the head disciple. Hmm. He's the one that preaches at Pentecost, something we're going to look at next week, and he's the one the others look to. The restoration really is complete. So I'd like to take us to Zephaniah. Hmm. Why not? Chapter 3 Let's for go. a moment. <laughs> because there are some amazing verses here that speak to how Jesus cleanses us from sin and shame, how he restores us, basically. So, Nicole, would you read it? These verses were written to God's people in exile. They were broken and shamed by their captivity. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'd chosen other gods. And the result had been capture of their country and the destruction of their temple. Yet even here, God speaks through Zephaniah to a time of restoring. Mm -hmm. Zephaniah 3, 18 through 20. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have opposed you. I will save the weak and helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth. As I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, I, the Lord, have spoken. I love that God continually offers new chances to his people. Mm. He wants us close. He He loves to restore. 
it's not a burden for him. He loves making things new. Mm. It's just wonderful. I love that but passage. He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What stood out to you the most in that promise? It's so complete. He mentions every part where they were disgraced or oppressed or mocked or scorned and everything was taken away from them their name their home the everything yes. and he goes through and lists everything and how he's going to restore that and restore and that, that. it's just so beautiful thing. it's so complete yeah he restores everything yeah. you get a home again yes you get you get your shame gone and yeah. honor again all the things the good name. yeah neat? it's just so amazing yeah it is i love that he has a home for us someday i know and that place for us i've prepared a place for you I, can I come see your place? I know. I would love. I hope it's close by. Oh, I think you? it will be. <laughs> Seriously. I just can't even imagine. But a God who delights in creating like our oh, God does. Yeah. It's going to be fabulous. Oh, I know. It I try really to explain will. it to my girls. They always ask me about, oh my guys, it's going to be so amazing. Like the best thing you can think of in your mind. And then go you know? better. And then go better because right. we can't imagine right. how wonderful yeah. it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> there could be a whole new dimension and different colors. Oh yeah. And music and I don't even know, but whoa. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, all right. <laughs> well, we're going to look at one more part of scripture here as we finish out our Easter section. This week and next, we're going to turn to Jesus's ascension into heaven. Mm. I'm going to read about it in Acts 1, 4 through 11. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke about Jesus's life. And at the beginning of his new book, Acts, which details the life of the early church, Luke actually starts it with Jesus ascending to heaven. Mm. So that's why we get it in Acts. So starting at verse 4, here we go. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel <laughs> and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not mm. for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hmm. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. You know, Nicole, I find it so interesting that the disciples kept asking Jesus so now is it time to have that great big battle? <laughs> right. Can we get our swords now? <laughs> right. Do we get to get rid of the Romans now? Oh, they were so ready. <laughs> I know they were. It sure wasn't time because, oh, mm. look at us. We're still oh, waiting. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think the wait's been so oh. long? Oh, I wish I knew. <laughs> I think we've all been asking that since yeah. Jesus went up in that cloud. <laughs> um, I think, well, it said up here 
that you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere and to the ends of the earth. So I, I don't know. I think he still has work. He must have work for us to do still. He sure does. That there are still people that haven't had a chance to hear about Jesus yet. Yeah. I yeah. know he wants to wait till everyone has a chance to I receive agree. him. Yeah. I think it's his great grace again. Yeah. The Bible in first or second Peter says he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm. And that's why the wait is long. Yeah. Because as long as there's one person still living on planet Earth who would accept him. Right. You know, he's holding, he's holding back judgment because he loves, that's you know, amazing. and that's why we have a long wait because our God loves. Mm. Isn't that sweet? That is so sweet. It really is. It makes the waiting a little bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Like, they, he waited for me. Yep. He waited for you to hear, yep. you know? Yep. He's waiting for all of us to All of us to know that we'll until the time comes when there's no more ears to hear. Yeah. And, and sin is so rampant and, and children are being so abused that mm. he draws his sword and he says, we're done. Yep. yep. And that'll be a scary day. Yes, it, it will. Really will. So, yeah. Well, um. we've talked about the restoring of people like Peter and the eventual restor- restoration of God's <laughs> kingdom when Jesus returns and makes all things new. We serve a God who can take a broken world <laughs> mm. and make it new again. We serve a God who can take a broken person and make them new again. This is a cause for great rejoicing. He fixes us. Mm. Someday there will be a new heaven and a new earth, all restored and wonderful, Mm. and we are to look eagerly for that day and to watch for Jesus' coming as he left from the clouds to earth, so he will return. Mm. I mean, sometimes just looking at the clouds, it's like, are you coming? I know. Ah! Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> and if he may indeed be coming soon, we mm. need to be bold about sharing the gospel because once he comes, the time to make decisions will be over and the mm. time for judgment will have arrived. Nicole, could you close us with that glorious passage in Revelation 21 that talks of the future we who know him have to look forward to? I think mm. it's the best way to end. Yes, absolutely. Revelation 21, 1 through 9. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. (laughs) Hmm. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Hmm. Well, friends, it's awfully nice to know that we serve a God who doesn't throw us Mm. away because we're broken. Whatever shame you carry, whatever hurts still dig at you and wound you, bring them all to Jesus. He is in the restoration business. Meet with someone who knows the Lord and knows his word and who can help you get to a place of restoration. And no matter how bad things may get here, let's remember that someday even our planet will be new again, restored by our wonderful, wonderful God. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, 
we look forward to the day when you come riding on the clouds to bring final judgment and then restoration. Thank you that there is going to be a time when every wrong will be made right, where every tear will be wiped from the eyes, where we will be made new, where the beginning of eternity will happen, things that we can't even imagine, Lord God. How I praise you and thank you for this sure hope we have that this is the very first chapter in a book that goes on forever. We love you, Lord, and we say, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We love hearing from you, so pop on over to our website and say hello. You can find us at sweetsela.org slash podcast. We also are so grateful for reviews and donations to help keep this podcast going. Visit sweetsela.org slash donations and help us out if you can. Next week is our final Easter season. Episode 39 is called Living Out Our Purpose, and Sharon, I can't wait to talk about this one. I want my girls to know that God made them on purpose for a purpose. Join us for a great discussion next week, and may God bless you with a great week this week. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.